Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. So you understand the basics of occlusion. Now it's time to document the occlusal assessment properly in the clinical setting with a real patient. This episode will go through all the steps on taking what you see in the mouth and creating document in the clinical chart so that you can monitor your patient's occlusal assessment throughout the duration of your care. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! Let's have a discussion about how you are going to document your occlusal assessment into your patient's dental chart. So we do have templates that you can create and use to keep yourself organized when you're doing your occlusal assessment. And this will help you early on in the process. You're gonna start by just taking a look at your patient's profile and having an understanding of which occlusal classifications go with which side profile will help you. It will give you kind of an understanding of what you think might be present when you take a look inside the mouth. Now keep in mind that you've already done your hard tissue charting when you start your occlusal assessment. So you should be aware of whether or not you can use the molar to do your angles classification, or if indeed you need to use the canine. Now, in some cases, you may use the canine on one side and the molar on the other. The general rule is that you always want to use the molar unless you are not able to because of a discrepancy. So always use the molar unless there's a reason why you wouldn't be able to use the molar. Perhaps there's a missing premolar on one arch, which would throw off the occlusal assessment. Perhaps the first molar is missing on one arch on one side. So that would also throw off your occlusal assessment and you would be restricted to using just the canine on that side. So your notes will indicate your angles classification on the right side and your angles classification on the left side. And you wanna do a classification on each side and also indicate whether it was a molar classification or whether or not you use the canine to determine that classification. Next, we're gonna look at the horizontal overlap, also known as overjet. Overjet is determined by the incisal edge of the maxillary anterior teeth being labial to the incisal edge of the mandibular teeth. We place a periodontal probe horizontally and we measure from the labial surface of one of the mandibular incisors to the lingual surface of the most protruded maxillary incisor and you document the level of overjet. An example of this would be if you placed a periodontal probe 
horizontally against tooth number 24 and measured the distance to the lingual surface of tooth number 9. In your documentation, under overjet, you would say 9 over 24 is 3 millimeters. Let's talk about vertical overlap, also known as overbite. And there are a couple different ways to document this. The vertical overlap is the relationship between the incisal edges of the maxillary anterior teeth and how much they extend vertically beyond the incisal edge of the mandibular teeth. And we can use a probe to document this as well. There are two ways when you're measuring overbite to use a probe. And this is recorded in millimeters in your documentation. You wanna place the probe vertically against the mandibular incisors to measure the distance to the incisal edge of the maxillary incisors. And this can sometimes be challenging to do. So that's why I mentioned that the other alternative way to do it is to place your thumb on the labial surface of the mandibular incisors at the level of the incisal edge of the maxillary incisors. Ask the patient to open slowly and then measure the distance from your thumb to the incisal edge. In our school, when we document overbite, instead of using millimeters and tracking the distance of vertical overlap between the maxillary and mandibular incisors, we simply document slight, moderate, and severe. When the incisal edges of the maxillary teeth are located in the incisal third of the mandibular teeth, it is documented as a slight overbite, and this is considered a normal occlusion. If the incisal edges of the maxillary teeth are located in the middle third of the mandibular teeth, this is documented as a moderate overbite. If the incisal edges of the maxillary teeth are located in the cervical third of the mandibular anterior teeth, it is documented as a severe overbite. You want to document the midline configuration. Are the midlines of the maxillary and mandibular arches aligned? When you document this, the best thing to do is sit at the 12 o'clock position directly behind the patient's head and take a look down the nose and see how the embrasure space between eight and nine line up with the embrasure space between 24 and 25. Keeping in mind that the mandible moves. So if the configuration is to the right, that means that the mandibular teeth are slightly towards the right. If the configuration is towards the left, that means that the mandibular incisors are slightly left of center. And this can be easily misinterpreted if you're not sitting at the 12 o'clock position. The proper way to document this is that if the midlines are aligned, you would just write midlines align. And if they are positioned in a shifted direction, for example, two millimeters to the left, you would say midline two millimeters to the left. Now that will also be helpful information when you're doing the molar classification. If the midlines are centered or if the midlines are off, this may give you a discrepancy between the molar classifications.
It's important to document the midline accurately, and the best way to do that is from the 12 o'clock position. An additional component of occlusion that you want to document is crossbite. Now, when we're talking about centric occlusion, in centric occlusion, the buccal cusps of the maxillary teeth are buccal to those of the mandibular arch. The lingual cusps of the maxillary teeth rest in the central fossa of the mandibular teeth. The buccal cusps of the mandibular teeth rest in the central fossa of the maxillary teeth, and the lingual cusps of the mandibular teeth are lingual to those in the maxillary arch. Keep in mind that the long axis of each of the maxillary teeth are just slightly distal to the long axis of the corresponding mandibular tooth when we're talking about centric occlusion. And each tooth in an arch occludes with two teeth in the opposing arch, with the exception of the mandibular central incisors and the maxillary last molar. So when we're looking at crossbite, in the anterior region, if there's a crossbite that exists, the maxillary incisors will be lingual to the mandibular incisors. And you want to document the relationship. So if there were an anterior crossbite, for example, between 10 and 23, you would say crossbite 10 over 23. If there's a crossbite in the posterior region, the lingual cusps of the maxillary teeth do not occlude in the central fossa of the mandibular teeth, and you want to document this. So for example, 3 through 6 over 28 through 30 could be in crossbite, and that's how you would document it in the chart. You would write 3 through 6 over 28 through 30 crossbite. Now, if there's an edge-to-edge -edge bite that exists in your patient, this happens when the maxillary and mandibular incisal surfaces occlude together. So remember the relationship in centric occlusion. So you want to note an edge-to-edge -edge bite and which teeth are involved in that edge-to-edge -edge configuration. The final parts in the process of documenting your occlusion is the malocclusion of individual teeth and any parafunctional habits that you notice. So when you're doing the malocclusion of individual teeth, you're gonna look across the entire arch. You're going to look for an alignment of the cusps and the ridges. So when there's labioversion or buccalversion, some of the teeth are positioned more facially. When there's lingualversion, some of the teeth are positioned more lingually and you just want to note the tooth and whether it's labial-verted or lingual-verted. Sometimes a tooth is torso-verted, and that is a tooth that is turned or rotated, and you want to take a look at the incisal ridges and see how they align in the anterior region and the marginal ridges in the posterior region to make the determination if your teeth are torso-verted. When there's a marginal ridge discrepancy, it really helps you see if there's torsoversion or buccal lingual version present on the teeth within the arch. Your final piece of your occlusal assessment is your parafunctional habits. And this may take the entire appointment to really get a handle on. 
You want to document things like nail biting or tongue thrust or clenching or grinding. And perhaps there's things that you might discover just through conversation or gathering information through the appointment that you can later add to the parafunctional component of your occlusal assessment. Remember, your documentation is meant to provide you with solid information that helps you guide your patient through the process of oral health over time. And so it's important to investigate and ask the right questions so that you can accurately discover what parafunctional habits might be contributing to your patient's occlusal assessment. Now, occlusion takes time and it's complex and every patient is just a little bit different and things can change over time. Everything is interrelated. So just be patient with yourself as you're learning and growing through the process of developing a solid understanding of occlusion as well as proper documentation of what you see. You are going to discover as you work along and learn more that occlusion is associated with all the different components of wellness as it relates to oral health. The more you learn about occlusion, the more you realize there is to learn about occlusion. Occlusion is like an infinite discovery and there's so much connected to occlusion. So tread forward knowing that this is just the beginning of your understanding of occlusion, but you now have the basics and the ability to document properly so that you can pursue the truth in how it's all connected. Thanks so much for listening today. Join me next time when we take a look at oral pathology and the documentation process when you have something to note in your chart for your findings. You won't want to miss it. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast. <laughs>